Matthew chapter 16. We're going to start in verse 13. And we're going to read a little bit. Here's what it says. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I, who do people say that the son of man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ. You are Jesus the Christ. You've heard me say this before. Jesus Christ, it's not like his last name, like Matt Linkenfeld or, or Karen Del Baggio or Keith Deal or Brent Michael Stewart. We'll throw his middle name in there just for emphasis. But, but it's not like that. It's Jesus the Christ, meaning Jesus, the anointed one of God. Jesus, the appointed one of God. Jesus, the chosen one of God. This is what Peter is saying. He's saying, you are the Christ. You're the one that we build our lives on. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter and on, come on and put on in the chat, on, you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whatever we bind will be bound. Whatever we loose, we loose. Father, we thank you that you've given us the keys to the kingdom on purpose. And I pray that today, Lord, we would choose to build our lives on your righteousness and nothing less. But Jesus, we would choose today. We would choose this day whom we would serve. And I pray right now that Holy Spirit, you would lose your presence through this feed right now. Touch every heart, every mind. Touch every heart, every mind. Let your presence flood wherever the people are sitting right now. Let them feel you in ways they never thought possible. Let them meet you in ways they never thought they would meet you. I pray that right now. That by your spirit, people are touched. They are strengthened. They are comforted. We love you, Lord. We thank you. And I pray, Lord, that I would decrease so that your spirit would increase so that this word you've given us today, God, would go forth sharper than any two-edged sword. That, God, it would take us with another step of progression towards transformation this day. I pray that right now. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Come on. What's up, CWC? Come on, you already know what it is. How y'all doing today? If you're good, shout, I'm good in the chat. Or if you're in-house, shout, I'm good. Let them hear you. Amen. Amen. Well, I know it is so good to have all of you and that you have joined us today for, like Jonathan said, part three of our positioned 
series. Come on and shout that in the chat. Positioned. Come on, put that in the chat. Positioned. And look, I keep getting more and more excited about this series as it keeps going on because, man, it's just going to get better and better in Jesus' name. And, and so far, what we've talked about in this series is getting positioned and what we are getting positioned for. Getting positioned and what we're getting positioned for. See, in week one, right, the, the message was titled this, Positioned Correctly, which simply is telling us this. We must understand how we are to be positioned before the Lord. We need to be getting positioned before, before God. See, see, in this life too often, right, we are worried about our personal positions, right? Our job titles, economic status, and social status, the, 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 the social friends we have on social media, all these different things. And, and see, those things, Jesus says this. He says, don't worry about those things, but instead, focus on getting positioned. Getting positioned. And, and I'm actually reminded, right, of a story when Jesus, he sends his disciples out on a mission, right? Which, by the way, is the same mission for you and for me today. There's nothing new under the sun. God still calls us to this very mission. But, but, but he says to them, he says, go and heal the sick and cast out the demons and, and tell people about who I am. I want you to, to do all that. And when they return from their mission, right, they return from the mission field, they are rejoicing and they are excited. And so they begin to tell Jesus all that had all that had taken place. They're like, man, the, the, the sick were, were healed, blind eyes were opened, the lame was walking, even the demons were subject to us in your name. It was awesome. And Jesus being Jesus, he replies to them, he says, ah, that's great, but don't rejoice in those things. Don't rejoice because you were able to heal the sick. Don't rejoice because you were able to cast out demons. Instead, rejoice because your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Re rejoice in that. Don't rejoice in your personal authority. Don't rejoice because you have this position because of me, but rather rejoice because you have positioned yourself correctly before me, and now you have salvation through me. This is what he's saying. And on another occasion in Matthew chapter seven, Jesus, Jesus says this. He says, on that day, on that day, on the day when you stand before me and give an account to me, when you have to give an account of how you've positioned yourself before me, on that day, many will say, Lord, 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 didn't I do many miracles in your name? Didn't I heal the sick and didn't I cast out demons? Didn't I go to church? Didn't I sing songs? Didn't I proclaim that I have a position as a son or a daughter in your name? Did, didn't I say all those things while on this earth? And, and then Jesus says, he will say, I will plainly say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I, I never knew you. Depart from me because you weren't positioned correctly before me. This is how important it is to get positioned, to get positioned. Now, now last week, we, we preached a message titled, titled this, Positioned for Purpose. Positioned for Purpose. And, and listen, the first few um, messages in this series is, is simply to be an overview, to hopefully give us some understanding of the fundamentals of what the Lord has spoken over our lives. Because the fact of the matter is this, 
If we don't get the first few principles down, then the rest that we're gonna learn throughout this series, we will start to make them about self. They'll be self-serving instead of using them to serve the king. So we have to get these first three messages in our heart. See, see we, we, we must be positioned correctly so that we are positioned for purpose. And what we learned last week is our main purpose on this earth is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Did you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? This is its purpose, that, that your body would be filled with the spirit of the living God. And then after we're filled with his spirit, we will be empowered to live according to the spirit. We will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. We must be positioned for purpose positioned for purpose so that we can be positioned on purpose, which is the title of today's message. Come on and put that in the chat, positioned on purpose. Because here, here's, here's what I know, right? About this life and following Christ. Let me get a drink, I'm a little thirsty, praise God. A little excited today, a little fired up, amen. But here's what I've learned about this life and following Christ. And not that I speak on any of these things, obviously out of perfection, but rather out of experience through a ton of ups and downs, successes and failures. But, but, but what I've learned about this walk with Christ, what I've learned about being positioned correctly and being positioned for purpose is that it is not a one-time occurrence. It's not a one-time occurrence. It's not like we say a prayer one time and then all of a sudden we have it all together and we never, we never make another mistake and, and we're fully transformed. That's, that's not what it's... It's like, now listen, I'm not saying that God can't perfect us in a twinkle of an eye. He absolutely can do that. He's God. He can do whatever he, he wants to do. And I pray that that happens for you. I, I pray that. But what I'm talking about is, is what if that doesn't happen? Then what? What if you aren't perfected the moment you say the prayer? Because what I've found is for most of us, this thing is a process. It is a walk that is walked out over time. And because the Bible says this, you are being, you are being transformed from one degree of glory to another degree of glory. Hear me, hear me. You are being, meaning, a lot of the times, for a lot of us, man, this thing is a process. And this process is about the progression more than the perfection. About the progression more than the perfection. So, so, so if every day, right, if every single day we, we wake up, right, we, we wake up and we just start scooting towards Jesus. Maybe we're not, you know what I mean? Now, now the person beside you, they're taking leaps and bounds. They're, right, they're, they're, they're jumping over tall buildings with one leap and a single bound, right? You're looking over and you're seeing people make long strides towards Jesus. Don't be discouraged. You just keep on scooting. Just keep scooting. Even if it takes you 10 years, what it took someone else 10 minutes to get from the Lord. Keep on scooting. Keep on keeping on. That's called progression. And just because you're not perfect yet doesn't mean you're not getting it. So if you, you do things you shouldn't do, if you say things you shouldn't say, if you think about things you shouldn't be thinking about, re remember, the Bible says you are being transformed. You're being transformed. So, so today, just keep Scooting, I don't know if you can see my feet, but I'm scooting, 
I'm trying to give you an illustration. I'm scooting. Tomorrow, right, get a little closer to him. The next day, make sure you call on him. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I want you. You just keep scooting. You you be like Brooks and Dunn and do the boot scooting boogie all night long. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Come on, put that in the chat. Boot scooting boogie. Praise God. Old school country song for you. See, the Bible says you are being transformed. It also says he is completing a good work. He who began a good work will see it to completion. You are being and he is completing. See, see, we have to understand that for us to be positioned to hear from God, positioned to receive from God, positioned to be used by God, it's a daily decision because it's a daily walk. It's not a one-time occurrence. We are being transformed. He is completing a work within us. God is more concerned with our progression than he is our perfection. And the reason that I bring this to your attention today is because the Bible says, in this life you will face trials of many kinds. And I can say with great confidence today, we won't make it through every trial perfectly every time. That's why the Bible encourages us and says a righteous man, a righteous woman falls seven times, but every time they get right back up. Perfection, right? Progression, not perfection, excuse me. Progression, not perfection. And see, because this is a daily walk with daily challenges, daily ups and downs, we have to understand, we must be positioned on purpose, positioned on purpose. You know, I was talking to a friend the other day whom I love dearly, and, and we were talking about doing things on purpose, right? Doing things on purpose. There's many times throughout our lives when we're asked questions of, of what, when, why, or how we did something, and, and, and we'll typically give two responses to that question. It's usually like, ah, I, I did it on purpose, or no, nah, I was on accident, right? Like, I did it on purpose, or I did it on accident. And for me, right, for me, the, the nature of the question will determine the answer of the question. For instance, for instance, when my wife is happy with me and she says to me, honey, you did an amazing job, which by the way, for me, it's typically that, right? Like I aim to please her. And so I do a really good job at it, praise God. But when this happens and she tells me how amazing job I did, it's always, that's right, that's on purpose. You know what I mean? Like I did that one on purpose, babe. A little swag with it too. I did it on purpose. Now, on the rare occasion, she is not pleased with me and she is ticked off with me, right? I always say, honey, that was on accident. I, I didn't mean to do that. I, I'm, I, I apologize. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. I can feel your eyes judging me. I'm just a human being. You do the exact same thing, praise the Lord. See me, I'm concerned with my wife being pleased with me because if she's pleased, I'm pleased because it really is a happy wife is a happy life. You single men will know what I'm talking about one day. You'll know what I'm talking about. But so often, right, these are the two responses we give. I did it on purpose or I did it on accident. And we give these answers, these response, these responses so haphazardly, so haphazardly. And, and so I was engaging with, with the Lord about this. And, and this is what he said to me. He said, if you would really just step back and really think about the things you do on a day-to-day -day basis. If you would really think about the things that you say on a day-in and day-out basis. 
If you would step back and really think about the things you're allowing yourself to think on a day-to-day basis. And you took them things, right? And, and, and you took them and everything you did and everything you said and everything you thought was on purpose, your life would take on a whole new meaning. You would take on a whole new purpose. And so that got me thinking, that, that got me thinking. Right? I, I wonder, I wonder how many times, how often in this life do we do things that just doesn't line up with what God has spoken over us. I wonder how many times we catch ourselves doing things that doesn't align with our purpose, although we would say we are doing them things on purpose, right? Like, yeah, 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 I'm doing it on purpose. I'm vegging out on Netflix, right, on purpose. I turned it to the channel, I turned it to the show, I turned it to the movie. I turned it there on, on purpose. I, I'm playing this video game. I, I, I took the video cartridge, right? I don't know if it's called cartridge anymore, but praise God. I took it, I put it in a Nintendo Switch, and I'm playing this game on purpose. How often do we find ourselves saying we are doing things on purpose that doesn't align with our purpose? How often do we find ourselves saying things and we're saying them on purpose, right? We're, we're gossiping on purpose. We're, we're talking bad about people on purpose. We're talking bad to people on purpose purpose because obviously we're upset with the people. And so what we are saying, we are saying these things on purpose, but, but what we are saying isn't aligning with our purpose. How often do we catch our, our minds wandering and all the thoughts that are flooding our minds? We would say then we're not thinking of these things on purpose, we aren't wanting to think about these things, but, but yet I find myself thinking about these, these things. And see, because we have this haphazard approach to, to purpose, our thoughts go wherever they wanna go because we don't fully grasp our purpose. And see, this is where we need the Lord to come in to give us revelation, to reveal to us how we live this life on purpose how we go about being positioned on purpose. And see, in our main text in Matthew chapter 16, what we find is this. There are all these rumors swirling around about Jesus. The people are gossiping about who Jesus, who Jesus is. And so Jesus asked this question that he already knows the answer to because he knows everything, right? He, he's omniscient, he, he knows all, right? But something that we have to understand about Jesus is Jesus does everything on purpose. He doesn't do anything haphazardly. He doesn't say things. He doesn't think about things. Everything he does is on purpose. And so he asks his disciples a question because he wants to see where his disciples are at. Who do people say that I am? He already knows this. And they answer him. They say, well, some say that you're John the Baptist and Others say you're Elijah or Jeremiah. Then there's others that they're just not sure about who you are. And so they just say, well, you're, you know, he's one of the prophets because he's doing all these great deeds. So he has to be a prophet. So just one of the prophets. And Jesus says this, and this is the heart behind the question right here. This is the intent. This is the purpose of his question. He says, yeah, yeah, yeah. But who do you say? Who do you say that I am? And, and I love Peter. I'm gonna call him Swaggy P. I'm gonna call him Swaggy P, right? Because he always walking with a little swag, you know what I mean? But, but he puffs his chest out a little bit, says with a little bit of swagger. He says, you are the Christ. 
Jesus, you are the chosen one of God. You are the anointed one of God. You are the only one with the words of eternal life. Jesus, you are the Christ, the only son of God. And Jesus, very pleased with his answer, he says, blessed are you, Peter. I bless you, Peter. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven has revealed this to you. So in other words, Jesus is saying, what you've learned on this earth, the knowledge that you've gleaned from those around you and from the experiences that you've you know, worked out through your walk on this life did not reveal this to you, but rather the Father who is in heaven by his Holy Spirit revealed this to you which is so important for us to catch because so often, so often we hear people say this, I need you to prove to me God exists. I need you to show me something and tell me something that will prove God exists. And, 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 and because we are Christ followers, as if I'm a pastor and I got this magic wand and I can just wave it over people's mind. I'm not sure what this is, like swatting a fly, but I could wave it over people's heads. And then all of a sudden, da da da. that's the, Theme song for a sports center. <laughs> you know where my head's at. No, da-da, that's what I was trying to, da-da. Now there's this great revelation of who Jesus is because we have explained him in such a way, such a beautiful way, such an articulative way, such, such persuasive words we have used to, to now convince them of who Jesus is. But see, throughout the gospel, Jesus paints a completely different picture. He says this, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will reveal Jesus to humanity. That he will lead us into all truth. And see, Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, right? When you find the truth, the truth will make you free. The Holy Spirit leads us into whole truth. See, listen, the, the, the Holy Spirit's main purpose is to reveal Jesus as the Christ. That's his main purpose. And Jesus reiterates this fact here in Matthew chapter 16. Too often, right, we put a ton of pressure on ourselves to reveal Jesus to those around us. But see, our purpose is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And as we are positioned for purpose, Jesus will be revealed to us. And then the Holy Spirit will work through us and he will be the one to reveal Jesus to those around us. Because the fact remains, the fact remains that we as people have ownership of our lives. We choose how we are going to be positioned before the Lord. Paul says it this way in Philippians chapter two. He says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Day in and day out, choose to be positioned correctly and the Holy Spirit will reveal Jesus to you. Now we get back to our text in Matthew 16, verse 18. And Jesus goes on to say, he says, and I tell you, Peter, which I love because Jesus calls him by name. He calls him by name. And what he's saying is this, he's saying, your progression towards transformation is so pleasing to me. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. This is being positioned on purpose. This is what Jesus is talking about. And what he is saying is, is this. He, he's saying the type of revelation from the Holy Spirit 
This type of belief in me, this is Jesus speaking, not in me personally, but in Jesus. The type of belief you have in me, the type of faith that declares, Jesus, you are the Christ. Jesus, you are everything that I long for. Jesus, you are my rock and my salvation. Jesus, you are the alpha and the omega. You are the first and the last. You are the beginning and the end. You are the lion and the lamb. The type of faith that declares, Jesus, you are the king of kings and the Lord of lords. The type of belief that says, it's in you, Jesus, that I live and I move and I have my being. The belief that says, I have salvation in no other name. The faith that, that says, I have deliverance in the name of Jesus. I have freedom in the name of Jesus. I have life and life more abundantly in the name of Jesus. Jesus says, on this, on this, I will build my church. And then the gates of hell will not prevail against it. This is what it looks like to be positioned on purpose with our lives. Positioned on purpose. In Matthew chapter 21, Jesus is explaining to the people that he is the one that they are to build their lives on. And he does so by quoting Psalms 118. See, King David had this amazing revelation from the spirit of God and he begins to prophesy he begins to prophesy about the Christ, right? And he says this, he has become my salvation. The stone that the builders have rejected has now become the cornerstone. And this is from the Lord. And it's marvelous in his eyes. We must build our lives on Jesus. And in Luke chapter six, right? We find Jesus, he gives us this parable. It's about two people. And he says this, he says, the first person, right? He hears my word and he keeps my word. He lives according to my word. And, and he's like a man who builds his house on the rock. He, he is a person, he is a man, he is a woman positioned on purpose. And so when the storms came and when the winds blew and when the floods arose, his house, his life, her life was not shaken because it was built on the rock on purpose. But see, the second person is like a man who, who hears my word, Jesus says, but does not keep it, does not live according to it. And, and that person, that man, that woman, who built their, their life, they, they built it on the sand. And so when the storms came and the winds blew and the flood arose. Their house, his house, her house was greatly destroyed because they were not positioned on purpose. See, see, the first man made sure he was positioned correctly by keeping the word of God, by living a life worthy of the call. His progression towards transformation gave him salvation in Jesus' name. It saved him from the storms of life. Let, let, me, let me tell you something. Jesus will save you from the storms of life, from the storms of depression, from the storms of addiction. He will save you from the, the sins of this sinful flesh. Because if we call on his name, we shall be saved. 
And I can't stress this enough today that this isn't about perfection. It's about our progression towards him. If you read throughout the Bible, all the men of the Bible except for Jesus, which is why he is the cornerstone, which is why he's the one we are to build our lives upon. He was the only perfect one. All the other people of the Bible, the men and the women, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses and Aaron, Elisha, Elijah, King David and King Solomon, Ruth and Esther, Peter and Paul, Every one of them failed on multiple occasions in their pursuit of Jesus. But the one thing they did, the one thing they did, which made them right before God, positioned correctly before God, was they repented. They continued in their progression towards transformation. They kept on scooting. They continued to be positioned on purpose to follow after Jesus. But see, the second man in the parable, the opposite is true for him. He didn't pursue Jesus. He, he pursued his own interest. He pursued his own position. He, he built his life on worldly things, money, success, things that cannot last, that rust and moths will destroy. And when the storms of life came, those things destroyed him. We've got to be positioned on purpose. Jesus, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Listen to me. Listen to me. If we have built our lives on Christ, if we have built our lives on purpose, on Jesus, if we haven't intentionally, if we've intentionally sought after the Lord for transformation, he gives us the keys to the kingdom. He'll give us the keys to the key to the kingdom and the enemy, the enemy has no hold on us, cannot defeat us. You know, the Lord was, was speaking to me during, while I was studying and going through this. And, and he said to me, if if you really think about what you do and in everything you do, you align it with, with my word. You align it with the purpose that I have for you. I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. But the next part's really good. He said, but even when you find yourself doing things you don't want to do and you can't find yourself doing the things you want to do, even in those times, if you repent, you say, Father, forgive me and help me. I will still give you the keys to the kingdom because it's about progression, not perfection. He said, if you really, really think about everything you say, if you align the words that are coming out of your mouth with my word, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. If you really think about everything, Whatever you ask for in my name, it will be done for you. But in the times when you find yourself gossiping, when you find yourself saying things you shouldn't be saying and talking about people that you shouldn't be talking about and talking to people in a way you shouldn't be talking to them, when you find yourself saying things that don't line up with my word, he said, repent. And even then, if you repent, I am faithful and just to forgive you and I will give you the keys 
to the kingdom so that when you bind on earth, it'll be bound. When you, when you loose on earth, it'll be loosed in heaven. Did you know the word of God says this, that life and death is in the power of your tongue? It's in the power of your tongue. Our words have power. So we got to watch what we are saying on a daily basis. Yeah, 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 but pastor, you, you don't understand what they said to me. And you, you don't understand what they, what they did to me. And, and maybe I don't. But, but what I do know and what I do understand is what Jesus says to us. Jesus says, in order to align yourself with my purposes, in order for you to build your life on me, you have to bless those that curse you. Bless those that curse you and love those that hate you. See, we got to get a handle on this mouth. James chapter 3 says this, if anyone can control their tongue, they can control their entire body and they'll be perfect. Think about that. We must be a people who really watch what we say because, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. It reveals what's in our it's in our heart. We need to make sure what we are saying is on purpose. It's on purpose. And when it comes to thoughts, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul says this. He says, take every thought captive. Take every thought captive. Don't dismiss it. Don't just let it run through. Take it captive and you make it obedient to Christ. So that your thoughts can't take you wherever they want to take you. See, Paul knows this struggle is, is real for all of us. So he says, take it, grab that thought, grab it, subdue it, and you make it obedient to the name of Jesus. Do you know what I found out through my life about my thought life? If everything I do and if everything I say is on purpose, what I think about a lot of times will line up and fall in line with my purpose. But see, if I'm not on purpose and, and rather I'm out of pocket, I'm just doing whatever... I want to do and I'm just saying whatever I want to say and I'm, I'm just watching the things that I shouldn't be watching then I find myself thinking about things I shouldn't be thinking about but even when I find myself in those places in those times even when I'm not on purpose if I repent and keep scooting keep progressing keep progression towards transformation if I, if I do that the Lord still gives me the keys to the kingdom and then I can bind every thought every thought I can bind the enemy I can bind every word that sets itself up against the knowledge of the goodness of God I can bind every scheme that the enemy has tried to send against me and I can loose the presence of God I can loose the joy of the Lord that is my strength I can loose the peace of God that surpasses all understanding that will guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus I can loose the Lord and bind the enemy as long as I'm progressing towards transformation it's more about progression than perfection. And Jesus then will give us the keys to the kingdom. He'll give us the keys to the kingdom. See, we are being transformed. It's not a one-time occurrence. It's a daily one. We are being transformed and he is completing. So today you just keep scooting. Just keep suiting. Listen, we can't lose if we pursue Jesus. We have victory if we are positioned on purpose. Now look, maybe 
maybe you're thinking, well, well, how do I, how do, I do all that? Man, give, give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. Jesus says this, whoever seeks to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses it for my sake will find it. See, we are being, we are being positioned. This is how we are being positioned on purpose to declare our love and that our lives are for Jesus. Intentionally watching what we do, intentionally watching what we say, intentionally watching what we are thinking. This is positioned on purpose. And I pray right now, Father, that you would touch each and every one of us. I pray today you would reveal to us how do we continue to walk towards you. Lord, to walk with a progression desiring transformation Lord strengthen us strengthen us today to be positioned on purpose in Jesus name